So, welcome to another uh, podcast that we've uh, put together. Um, sorry for there's a bit of a delay in the, the from since the last one to this one. You know, life's busy and all that, and working. And will they know that? Well, depending on when you put these on the internet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. There's no such timeline anymore, is there? For us, there's been a delay. Yeah, I always feel like there's a bit of a delay. Life feels a bit like that sometimes. Two Man, kids. my voice sounds really deep today. <coughs> Sorry. Do, anyway. Do a vocal exercise to try and raise I should the pitch. Do. I should do. I think because I'm set up for once. There's an episode of Frasier where he says to ascend to the higher levels of the register, you need to convince yourself that you can do it, and so you should go you know, to go low. You should actually be low physically. Mm-hmm. And to go high, you should go up, and you should so you should stand up as you're going higher. And it's ridiculous because they're going low, and then they're trying as they're standing up. Big Frasier fan. I know, I know. Big Frasier fan. <coughs> Big Simpsons fan. I've not watched Simpsons for a long time. I know. It's funny how you grow up with something and you kind of know it off by heart, like Red Dwarf as well. You know, I've not watched that for a very long time. You kind of grow out of out of things gradually there is um there was uh, some people at work have been talking about red dwarf the other week and it got me mm. really thinking and one of the women was saying how she's probably going to go home and watch it the other one was a guy i work with uh, has simpsons quotes on his twitter feed so every day he'll come in and he'll think of he'll, he'll say i've just read this and it's funny how many you can remember it's ridiculous and so you know and they're all from Simpsons episodes, you know, 10, 15 years ago, when it was really witty. Mm. Um, I remember being at school, and uh, me and my geeky friend mm. w- would talk about Red Dwarf, and I was that geeky, and he was that geeky, that we would print off the scripts Oh yeah. of episodes, and we'd go through them together, we'd like, you know, talk about... You, know, yeah, you do those lines, I'll do those. How how bad is that? Like, how how, how was I that geeky? Man, I don't know. Is that picture yours? It's rubbish. It's a mirror. <laughs> genius, though. It is genius. Uh, yeah, so, um, summertime, warm weather, getting ready to <laughs> yeah. the World Cup, you know, and uh, the fun and games of, of doing that barbecues. Are you, are you actually are you looking forward to the World Cup? I'm so looking forward to the World Cup. I'm I, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just max out on every single game. You know, <laughs> like people talk about it, and like since I was a kid, I've tried to to watch every game. It gets to yeah. the end of the tournament where it's not physically possible. <laughs> like you've sat through a really boring game of you know Serbia against wherever nil nil draw and it's like oh no why am i pushing myself to this level but it's something that's very exciting you know olympics not so much anymore really? world cup still very much got the sticker album getting my stickers are you actually getting stickers I, I've, i'm getting stickers nice, it's nice i'm trying to get the kids into it but oh good luck yeah they're, they're not interested <laughs> but i use it as a as a as a way of you know saying you know it's okay to spend how many pounds on on stickers oh it's for the kids it's what? not it's for me i bought it's because i want to be a kid again yeah i mean I, did you buy stickers when you were young yeah well i i, I bought match and shoot uh religiously I didn't do that, but I did buy the album and the sticker album for World Cup Italia 90 
and it was like my first because I was really young but it was my first introduction really to football on a large scale I loved it oh I loved Italia 90 I did with the, the opera and you yeah. know and oh Pavarotti yes. singing his piece and I still remember it very well yeah I, I really I think my love affair with the World Cups kind of died a bit with South Africa mm. it was not a good World Cup no it was a bit dull and England was just disappointing and so I kind of I'm hoping it revives it but I was never as bothered about the Olympics but London 2012 got me completely involved mm. and I watched Becky had gone away for a week of the two and for that entire week I sat and watched practically <laughs> about 10 hours a day I it was obsessed and not quite as much with Rio but I watched a lot of Rio mm-hmm. and yeah I loved it I don't know why because as a sport, I prefer football than probably any of the Olympic events. But as a spectacle, oh, the Olympics was amazing. Yeah, it's something that just drags you in, you know, mm. and just intoxicates you. You know, it's it's linked to, you know, summertime barbecues and, mm. you know, just relaxing and watching too much football and, uh, you know, annoying the kids because they want to watch something on TV and I want to watch football. And There's no compromise there. No. It's football. Oh, absolutely! A once in a four year event. You know, it's it's allowed. You know, it, you know, a man has to geek out at some point. Once every four years is yeah, you know, I think that's acceptable. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yes, apart from that, anything else good happening? You know, interesting things. Just things at work that would be so dull. I think what is interesting about being a teacher is that it's not interesting to talk about. It's a very interesting job, but it's really dull to talk about, actually. And people who have jobs that people would say, that's not a very interesting job. It provides them with a myriad of cool stories. Mm. Um, but teaching's just so dull to talk about. Um, Becky will come home and to kind of de-stress, she'll talk about a day. And I'll listen, because she wants me just to listen and hear her out. But I just, I keep thinking, my word, I hope I don't, you know, I'm sure I sound the exact same if I'm teaching. If I'm te- talking about teaching, this is this is terribly boring. I don't know these kids. Why are you telling me about these strange kids? It's a boring, boring job to talk about. It's not That's a boring job to though. do. It's sad that it's, it is boring. It's not a boring job. It's just no. boring to talk about to somebody. If I started telling you about my job, you'd be bored out of your mind within mm. five minutes. You don't want to know what schemes of work I'm teaching or what little one of the kids is doing you know you don't know that kid it's just dull I mean something ridiculous happens isn't it like that question though you know you say you know how's work to someone, <laughs> someone and like you don't really want to know how that person's work is that person really yeah. doesn't really want to talk about their work which you know probably they don't like their job you know it's just one of those questions you know just get out out of the way and some people have got some people like their jobs they must do well right Martin my brother you know being a plasterer he won't talk about his actual job. What he'll talk about is the people he meets along the way. He's fascinating. Some of the like trades like stories and the people the peculiar people he meets. For instance, he would meet people respond to him very differently when they're in the home. Hmm. So when he's he's coming into their private space and some people will just literally go, Here's the key to my house, I will see you later and they'll leave him. Mm. And they've never met him before. And the exact opposite is where some people will come in and they'll say, yes, come in, here's the here's the, what I want you to do. And they 
can't trust him to, they won't leave the, leave the room with him in so what they'll do is he said he's had some people he's been working on a wall they've pulled up a chair and sat behind him for eight and it's eight hours long it Whoa. could be an eight it could be ten hours for the job and Martin he's got quite an untrustworthy face <laughs> it's the it's the ginger hair yeah no, definitely yeah we can say that because he's not here so. yeah but you know, hopefully you'll hear it but yeah um but yeah, just can you imagine sitting behind a, a builder or a labourer for that's, eight, that's, that's an hours. astonishing lack of trust. Oh, amazing, isn't it? You know, that's that's that's, that's yeah, that sets that person apart. That's, <laughs> maybe maybe their life is that dull that watching someone plaster a wall well, is exciting. Watching paint dry, really. Yeah, that person wants needs to get some like TV or get into football or something. I, literally anything. A hobby. Yeah. A life. <laughs> Train spotting seems a bit more interesting. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. literally standing at a they bridge. Very, you know, they 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 get they're outside. You know, and they're getting a suntan. There are still trains. There are still train spotters active down near where we live. They are hardcore. I know. I respect them. Yeah, because they choose. They they could choose any hobby. Yeah, but they choose a societal, you know, reject kind of hobby. Like you know, that's surprising. Murder, or you know, anything other that we as a society reject. Well, if, well, all, you know, the, all the hobbies that they could choose, they they choose train spotting. They could, even though <laughs> that they will, you know, if you say if someone sees them, they they will go down the pecking order of of society. But they're 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 okay with that. That's a love. That's a love of trains. That you know, that no knows no train tracks. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about the the topic. Um, I was thinking about risk. What is risk to you? I'm a math teacher. Is it good? <laughs> I'm a math teacher. It means probability. Oh, maybe. <laughs> so I can tell you about risk. I mean, what? I'm talking about in, in you know, in the lifestyle, you know, a lifestyle of risk, make, taking risks. Is it good? Where, you know, is society you know, stopping people from taking risks, to, you know, some stuff like insurance, you know, and, and I don't know, what's your thoughts? Okay, so I take, uh, today I took a calculated risk. Okay. Right, I'm walking down the stairs, the top step is exposed due to some work being done and I have to step on it and it's about, you know, a few inches thick mm. and I've got two things in my hands, in both hands because I'm like shipping some stuff out and doing some work. And I thought, well, I could so easily slip and I would be dead. <laughs> so we all take calculated risk. It's exactly as you phrase it. It's a calculation. You know, it's, we try and kind of assess whether it's worth taking and, uh, and make a judgment call. I mean, how risky am I with my, my day-to-day life? Not particularly very. What like, about your faith? My faith? Do you take risks with your faith? Do you think God wants us to take risks with yeah, what mean, we believe, how we live? Absolutely, because what you're taking, one of the risks you're taking um, when you step out in your faith is the risk to look like an idiot. Hmm. The risk to look very unconventional. And, you know, people would say, no, don't say it's an idiot. But as far as I'm concerned, the Bible says it's foolishness to the Greek. And it, I do think it looks foolish. It does. It does. It's irrational to the rational mind. Mm. Um, it's got its own rationale. I don't say it's completely chaotic. It's rational in a in a manner. Mm. Um, but to the rationally Greek mindset, I think it's it's ridiculous. It, and so you risk looking 
like an idiot every time you step out. I went down to um, a couple of churches in London, and mm. it was uh, Pentecost Sunday. Uh, Pente- well, Pentecost weekend. Yeah. And what impressed me, I think, about these churches is that being Pentecost weekend, they did focus on not just talking about the Holy Spirit in their faith, but they were very open about um, stepping out and engaging with God in the middle of a meeting. And it, I felt that it's really, I kind of got it in my head, it's really easy to be weird in a provincial village church in the middle of rural Derbyshire. It's, it's not that easy, but it's easier. But to be kind of seen as weird and kooky and strange and overly spiritual, not overly but to some people's minds, overly spiritual in the centre of London where you're exposed to all kinds of scrutiny mm. and bad press. It took some real courage, and yet they were very open. Both the churches I visited were very open. One, you know, being a famous church in the centre of London. And, you know, all credit to them. They took the risk. They're willing to take it. They're willing to be exposed to the foolishness that it could, it could expose you to and to the scrutiny that can come with engaging with the holy spirit it's always a bit messy it's always a risk it's always unknown mm. um but it's absolutely worth it and the meetings were both were fantastic and there were testimonies of all range of people's lives who'd been changed through that just talking about encountering the holy spirit so yeah all credit to the people who are willing to take that risk it's worth taking and uh but it, the risk is that societal scoffing and potential like attack really hmm. Hmm. anyway I'm, I'm going through a stage where you know like trying to push myself out trying to push myself out of the boat uh, you know kind of surrounding myself with stories you know podcast videos of other believers that are kind of living that way and, and kind of living on the edge you know because like the bible's clean yeah clear for, for me you know it says you know, where without faith it's impossible to please God, and you know, where am I having that faith? Where you know, in a, in a life that is so kind of sorted, quite easy, I'm not, you know, kind of pulling on my faith strings much at all. Uh, but I'm not, you know, beat myself out of, uh, down about that because I don't believe that in um, in the slightest. But it's kind of hitting you know each each mark trying to get closer to what i want to start doing in my life which is kind of being jesus mm. which you know just the amount of miracles that jesus saw and to say that you know it, even you know half of them weren't uh, written about because you know all the, as it says you know if, if you know you tried to write them down in all the books that's ever been written. There wouldn't be enough space, you know, and and mm. um, and just but him saying as well, you know, this what I've accomplished in my life, you'll do greater works. Uh, you know, the the glory of the, the lighthouse would be greater than the former. And yeah, so it's a high uh, bar, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, and 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 just I'm not there, but I'm excited to start kind of living like that. Uh, but you know, it's just it's 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 reaching those points and kind of and and kind of li- starting to live because uh, I've been listening to um, Sean Sean Bowles quite oh, yeah. a lot recently. Again on. 
Yeah, yeah, because he, he he's he started his podcast as well, which was a, a bit of an influence in me. Uh, and he's like had you know half a million downloads in his of, yeah, of his podcast. So there's such a desire for hearing God, uh, such a desire to understand what hearing God actually looks like practically, in, you know, instead of just reading about it, hearing about other named people. You know, how does that look like in, in a regular life mm. in a minor town like, you know, we live? Um, and it, uh, and he, he, he describes it as, you know, the Holy Spirit lives inside us. So the, the, the mind, the voice of God is intertwined with our own. And it's becoming aware of, you know, listening out for that, that still voice, quiet voice. And, and recognizing that mm. and making mistakes and just running with it um, and you know it's, it's it's just I'm praying that you know take take me out of my comfort zone um, you see you've been reading about some people is anybody in particular that you really like? uh, well, I've been reading Sean Ball's book uh, been listening and watching a lot of videos from Robbie Dawkins I've never heard of him yeah, it's quite a big influence on me at the minute. Um, just because you know he he came out um, the vineyard. Um, oh yeah. You know, so talks a lot by about um, John Wilbur. Yeah, Wimber. Wimber, not Wilbur. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and how you know so much of the, of Christianity is meant to live on the streets, um, which speaks to me personally. You know. Um, because you know, I just feel like that's that's who I am and who I'm meant to be in a way. Um, just kind of living like Jesus on the streets as much as much as possible. And he, he talks a lot about you know uh, why does do we not see many miracles in the church? Because Jesus didn't see that many miracles in the church. A lot of his miracles were on the streets, wherever, mm. in how homes. You know, it, there's just a dynamic of of God of, of the Holy Spirit where that happens more. Um, but he tells crazy stories about you know what he's seen and you know he started a church in um, in Canada, not Canada. Uh, where was it? I forget now. But when he started the church, you know, had one of the highest you know murder rates in America, yeah. um, and it reached a point where you know people were starting to, to go there and, and say, well, why is the murder rate drop so high and uh, some so low? Um, and he was just, you know, it's just we're, we're interacting with community, you know, we're seeing miracles, we're interacting with gangs, you know, mm -hmm. he, he does a lot of work with gangs. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's inspiring to hear of that kind of stuff and I'm just trying to surround myself with that kind of thing to kind of lead me down that path as well. So how would you see that fleshing out for you? Then? Uh, like I say, it's just, it's increments, I think. Mm. You know, I, I, I think a lot of Christians don't pursue the supernatural because of discouragement. Mm. And I don't think the discouragement comes from the devil or anyone else. I think it comes from themselves. Um, because, you know, they end up beating themselves out. Because if you, if you start... If you start trying to push that boundary, if you're trying to start uh, start seeing, you know, actual change in lives, you know, miracles, 
you're you're playing with fire, really. Mm. You're playing with you know, like the plans of the, of the enemy in people's lives, and if that happens, you know, there will be some kind of feedback, and um, and I think a lot of what the devil does is just beats people up of you know you're not all that you're not good enough you know you're not loved that's that's his game and and, and i think a lot of christians allow that and say okay i've, I've missed that i've missed it I've missed the mark and so they just revert yeah, yeah. i mean it, i find the engagement with the supernatural to be um it's something you know I absolutely want in my life, um, but I've often thought that there's a real responsibility that you put on other people when things start moving um, in that kind of in the dimension you're talking about. The reason I say that is you know Peter goes to the Gate Beautiful and heals a man crippled from birth, and is a, a city that's seen miracles. They've seen Jesus. And in all that, they kind of hush a lot up. But then they see this one man get healed, and they say, oh, we can't hide this. Mm. It's blatant for all to see. And it holds them to some kind of accountability because they have to then respond. Mm. It does not give them the option to kind of ignore it anymore. Mm. And Jesus' ministry has something of that in it, where he goes around Galilee performing miracles. And at the very end of it, it's like, if like Sodom and Gomorrah had seen what you've seen, they would have turned and repented long ago. Mm. So you are accountable for what you've seen. And because you've not responded properly, you're doomed. And so it puts a real emphasis. It's like, you know, you kind of have to be ready to deal with a lot of the fallout, I think, you know, because um, I think it puts, so say for instance, if you went to the nearest town, healed somebody in the middle of the street it puts the responsibility on everybody there to make a choice mm. yes or no now because you can no longer live mm. unsure mm. and you can't use that as an excuse it's a yes or no for you mm. um so i think it's you know that's it pushes the plan that i think i've got along to kind of a finality mm. because it holds humanity to account um which is why i think it you know that's in my eschatological view, in my view of the unfolding of the world, uh, I see it as increasing over time mm. uh, to something where maybe it will happen very frequently and it mm. will literally say, sheep or goat, left or right, pick a camp now, pick a side. Yeah, You can no longer claim an ignorance here. It's it's true, what do you want? Mm. And you know, I think a lot of people will say, say no, actually, which is the surprise. I think... People, when they say, oh, if I saw him, if I saw God, I would definitely say yes. But if I don't see him, I'm not sure, so I might not. Mm. Where I think actually the surprise will be some people will see and they go, no, I still don't want anything to do with Christianity or what you're touting, even though I believe there's something supernatural there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think think there's an element of truth there. Um, Because I I think ultimately, I think Christianity churches will... um, lead to a point where the ones that exist will be um have have the truth unfiltered mm. where you know because I'm, I'm waiting because i i think this next generation i think millennials uh won't 
just play the game that we played. We're millennials. Are we? Oh, I am. When were you born? 81. You're not, I am. I. It's the cusp. It's 1982. If you were... I think it's if you're 18... No, if you... You become 18 in the millennium. Oh. So I, I was 17 at the millennium. So I became an adult during the millennium. So we are... I'm your generation X, actually. <laughs> yeah, you're of the even though you're just a couple of years older, you're of the MTV generation X. I'm a, an old millennial. When MTV was good. Yeah, actually, when, when it was relevant. <laughs> I don't. What does it does it exist anymore? I don't know. I'm sure it does, but it probably does. It's probably just like used know. in gyms. Yeah. To motivate people. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, problems with people with um, orange skin. <laughs> yeah, we played in the background of bars. That could be useful. Yeah, just at the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chesterfield bars. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what we're we talking about? So risk. I mean, do you see what I think's the biggest risk mm. that I don't think many people engage with because mm. you could also say it's a prelude to what you're talking about, mm. and that's people don't want to risk their spare time and waste it in things like prayer mm. and spending time with God and reading the Bible. It's I think most people think it's a risk that might not quite pay off. Mm. That's it's kind of a risk free in the sense that you're not gonna get embarrassed. But it's a risk that you've got an evening off. Wow, my my own evening. What could I do with a couple of hours? Well maybe read your Bible and spend time with God and pray a bit. And I think that's the you know, that's the entry level, but it's also the level that's most kind of chipped away over time I think every Christian I've ever known at some point has struggled with that and has to either ongoing battle that that element am I going to risk what's precious to me which is my spare time or am I just going to say well I can guarantee I'm going to have an alright time if I just watch a film mm. like I wish why, why is that what is that's because faith that's because faith has been marketed quite a lot over the last I don't know how many years as an add-on. This this thing that we call faith, Christianity, God is an add-on to your life. It's mm. something that you put onto that isn't you know isn't everything. It isn't you know your because like let's let's like you know even talk about call. I I think risk as well is is calling. How many of us actually find out the calling of God on our lives? I don't think that many. I don't think that much of a percentage because it's going to cost you, you know? It's going to, like, it talks about how, uh, you know, Peter uh, was going to glorify God, how he was going to die. Mm. He was going to die to glorify God. That whole paradigm in the church is is screwy now, like, that that doesn't make sense to our, our our theology, but it's Bible, because you know we want our plan, and you know at the minute I'm just what is God's plan, and I'm I'm open to anything because you know we have we have dumbed it down like calling you know destiny on our lives to something that is is basically man-made, but. What God? What does God want for us? What does he, you know? And that's going to cost you. That's going to take time. That's going to take prayer. That's going to take seeking out. Oh yeah. That's and 
but people just want to like I say just I'm speaking to myself as well yeah. you know I just want to sit down at night and just watch you know a, a film but you know I, I'm going to be 40 in three years time 40 old man you know like not that old that's gone fast yeah. that has gone really fast I'm slightly freaking out, but in a good way. Are you gonna have like a, a positive midlife crisis? I am gonna. I, I am a. I'm, I'm having a positive midlife crisis. No, without the fast car. Because <laughs> is that just that, that won't work with it's kids? It's not possible. I don't have the money for a fast uh, car. Freak like, out! Yeah, insurance. That's far too expensive. <laughs> you know, I'd rather spend money on smells. But yeah. That's that's what I think. You know, it's it's just risk. Risk is very uncomfortable, and Christianity is meant to be uncomfortable. And I'm I'm sick of myself. I'm sick of myself being uncomfortable. I don't like being comfortable anymore. And you know, what does it look like to be an actual Christian that is uncomfortable, in in as much as they're living on the edge of their faith. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. I mean... Walking on the water. <laughs> it's... Um, yeah, it's it's just... It's that... What you said about the word comfort is an interesting one. Mm. Um, I know people who mistranslate their feelings of comfort to being what it's like to really be them. Mm. So, oh, you know, I don't really like being around large groups of people. Like, no, you probably do. You're just not comfortable with it at the moment. You know, I'm not really, you know, it's not something I don't want to go out and, you know, speak to people who I've never met. No, you're just not comfortable doing it. So you're kind of out of the habit of it. It doesn't mean it's not who you are or what you're even gifted in. It's just you've kind of got out of the habit of it. You know, it's very easy to kind of get stuck in a comfortable rut. Um, and, like, you know, it's been. Say how you spend your evenings, one of those things. It's mistranslating, thinking, well, I'm comfortable doing that. That must be kind of what I'm really like. No, you're just comfortable doing it because it's easy. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's just because it's no risk. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of being aware as well of, of, you know, we're all part of the body of Christ and we've just got all, all got a, a part to play and we've just got to find our part, you know, a lot mm. more and... Uh, and just yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really challenging myself. I'm just talking about it because you know do, doing this podcast, it's you know it, it could go over subjects, and I've been going over subjects in my head. You know this that the, but this is something I actually care about. This is mm. something like you know um, you know missions, missionary work. You know you know that's that's costly. That's risky. Um, but you know, I've I've gone down that road and kind of listened to kind of um, information and and come back and come away with like nuggets of information about you know how little we put into missions and um, how how little the Western Church kind of focuses on that. Um, why? Because we're comfortable. Because we don't want to give up our lives. We don't want to be like the what are they called in America? Well, they were to sold themselves into slavery to kind of preach the gospel. Oh, they're the Moravians. Moravians. We we don't want to do that because our you know understanding of God is 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 small. You know, yeah. my understanding of God is small because 
I'm not willing to do that um, because it's it's going to cost me. It's going to put my family on the boundary of you know I, uh, listening to Robbie Dawkins uh, when he first had kids. Uh, I say this as well because you know you're going to be a, a dad mm-hmm. uh, soon. It's going to come around fast. That's as high as I could do a woohoo as well. You know. <laughs> I know you got a deep voice. It's okay. I don't I can't go high either. <laughs> But he was talking about, like, when he first had children, young children, he was praying for them, saying, you know, God, look after them, make them safe, keep them, mm. you know, uh, under your watch and look after them, you know, safety. And he felt like God say, I understand your prayers, but do you really want that? Why Why are you praying that? And, like, he was kind of led him to, to start praying different prayers for his kids of make these kids dangerous Mm. make these kids you know push back the boundary of darkness in their lifetime you know which is a total different way of thinking I love that way of thinking I've started doing it myself you know like make them into you know nation changers make them to you know people that live by faith and, and and you know the Bible is is clear, you know. You 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 put God's things first, and He'll look after your stuff. It's amazing how you'd live if you had no fear of loss. Mm. Clearly, you feared losing something there, you know. It, and on, on that front, I was often thinking, well, if I got a kid, you know, when I have a, a child, you know, I saw a, a video of a, a girl. She was probably about eight years old, and she did she was on a skateboard and she performed an incredible like backflip on a skateboard and I thought oh, eight years old man how how many times when did she start or how many times has she got injured mm. and you know her parents have let that happen and she's become awesome you know and I know that it's I know what it's like to be around people who are really guarded and protected and mm. making sure everything's okay and there's a lot of that in me mm. but I definitely don't want to be like that as a parent I don't really want to be like that as a person you know, I want to be the kind of person who, obviously, skateboarding, just skateboarding, whatever. You know, it's not changing the world, but it's, mm. it's cool. You know, it takes an element you. of personal risk and potential loss. Mm. So, yeah, you kind of I want to instill that into myself, and then therefore my family. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's something you got to keep pushing because the like you said, you got to decide what you want. One's really boring. Not only is it boring, it's nothing. It's mm. just nothing. It's a life of nothing. Mm. The other's a life of greatness. And you have to make the choice. You have to literally set out and make the choice. And back to kind of what you were saying about what do you want to do for your life, and not many people know. Mm. I think it's probably worth taking the time, like everybody, myself included, you know, to actually sit down and, and put the time and effort into looking into that and it is a risk doing that mm. because it could be in many people's time it had a waste of time mm. i am you've only got so much of your e- so many evenings mm. you've only got many so many holidays do you want to spend it doing something that's not going to gratify your immediate you know sense of pleasure or whatever mm. and well yeah it's worth it if you've got some faith muster it up and see where it leads you in that those moments of spare time. And I actually think in many people, if you can, myself included, if you can take the risk 
with just your spare time, with just the sense of losing something that's precious to you, mm. it probably would pay off in the more grand scale of what you're talking about. Mm. Well, I think that's a good point to, to finish. Cool. You know, it's a good... Uh, I feel inspired after that. That's, that's a good sign. Good to chat. Yeah, you know, it's good to chat. Get, get you out there, you know, get your brain thinking. And it's made me challenge. think. Yeah. I want to... Let's do this thing. I want to go home and make sure I've devoted a chunk of my what's precious to me. Yes. To God. Because it's, it's worth it. Oh yeah, totally. This is worth it. You know, he's done so much for us. Mm. Let's let's meet him. Let's meet him halfway. Let's let's start making some risks. I don't think it's halfway. I think it's like ninety-five percent. Just give me five percent, guys. <laughs> Just give me five. Just five percent. Come on, come I'll on, kid. Yeah. I've saved you. Come on, kid. <laughs> Try your best. Come on. Yes, let's do this thing. Okay, cool. So yeah, um, please email us on minertownprofits at gmx.com. Anything, you know, even our mothers, you know, send us send us some questions. Oh. You know, challenge us. Uh, you know. Anything, just let's be nice to get kind of some some feedback and some ideas of what to talk about, what would be good. Otherwise, we're going to go on Reddit and it'll be a disaster. That would be really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. Bye bye. bye.